I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we're reading 2 Kings chapter 14 and 2 Chronicles chapter 25. This is the New King James Version of the podcast. The King James Version is also available. We begin today's reading with the story of Amaziah. He had a good side and a bad side. 2 Kings chapter 14 verse 1. In the second year of Joash, the son of Jehoahaz, king of Israel, Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah, became king. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jehoadan of Jerusalem. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, yet not like his father David. He did everything as his father Joash had done. However, the high places were not taken away, And the people still sacrificed and burned incense on the high places. Now it happened as soon as the kingdom was established in his hand that he executed his servants who had murdered his father the king. But the children of the murderers he did not execute according to what is written in the book of the law of Moses in which the Lord commanded saying, Fathers shall not be put to death for their children nor shall children be put to death for their fathers but a person shall be put to death for his own sin." Now the parallel passage in Second Chronicles chapter 25, beginning with verse 1. Amaziah was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jehoadan of Jerusalem. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a loyal heart. Now it happened, as soon as the kingdom was established for him, that he executed his servants who had murdered his father the king. However, he did not execute their children, but did as it is written in the law in the book of Moses, where the Lord commanded, saying, The fathers shall not be put to death for their children, nor shall the children be put to death for their fathers, but a person shall die for his own sin. So here we have King Amaziah. He's the son of Joash. We're talking about Judah, the southern kingdom here. Now, as you know, Judah was very serious about the king being in the royal line of King David. 25-year-old Amaziah was good in that he got rid of the high places and idol worship for himself, but he didn't rid Judah of these pagan places of worship. He couldn't quite get past the fact that his father had been killed by his own servants. That took place in 2 Kings chapter 12 and 2 Chronicles chapter 24. Even though his dad, by the way, was a rascal, he still couldn't get past the fact that he was killed by his own servants. So he has those servants executed who had participated in that deed. However, he had respect for the law of Moses, which specifies in Deuteronomy 24.16 that uh, you not slay the children of the assassins. Amaziah reigned in Judah for 29 years. If you look into the written notes of BibleTrack.org for today, you'll see a summary of King number 9 over Judah, Amaziah, from 796 to 767 B.C., To summarize, he was good in that he served the one true God, but his shortcoming was the fact that he didn't get rid of the high places, the places of pagan worship. We see in 2 Kings chapter 14, verse 7, and then in 2 Chronicles chapter 25, verses 5 through 13, an expanded detailed account, that Amaziah makes a public relations error. 
2 Kings 14.7. He killed 10,000 Edomites in the Valley of Salt and took Selah by war and called its name Jachthiel to this day. Then we find in 2 Chronicles chapter 25, verse 5, down through verse 13, a more expanded account here. Moreover, Amaziah gathered Judah together and set over them captains of thousands and captains of hundreds according to their father's houses throughout all Judah and Benjamin. And he numbered them from twenty years old and above and found them to be three hundred thousand choice men able to go to war who could handle spear and shield. He also hired one hundred thousand mighty men of valor from Israel for one hundred talents of silver. But a man of God came to him saying, O king, do not let the army of Israel go with you for the Lord is not with Israel, not with any of the children of Ephraim. But if you go, be gone. Be strong in battle. Even so, God shall make you fall before the enemy, for God has power to help and to overthrow. Then Amaziah said to the man of God, But what shall we do about the hundred talents which I have given to the troops of Israel? And the man of God answered, The Lord is able to give you much more than this. So Amaziah discharged the troops that had come to him from Ephraim to go back home. Therefore their anger was greatly aroused against Judah, and they returned home in great anger. Then Amaziah strengthened himself, and leading his people, he went to the Valley of Salt and killed ten thousand of the people of Seir. Also the children of Judah took captive ten thousand alive, brought them to the top of the rock, and cast them down from the top of the rock so that they were all dashed in pieces." But as for the soldiers of the army which Amaziah had discharged, so that they would not go with him to battle, they raided the cities of Judah from Samaria to Beth Horon, killed three thousand in them, and took much spoil. Well, Amaziah had a big army, three hundred thousand strong. Feeling he needed more, he employs another one hundred thousand soldiers from his sister country, Israel. When the unspecified prophet comes to him, and tells him that God's not happy with the use of these mercenaries, then he dismisses them, apparently with full pay. Amaziah's army does well. They have a big victory over the Edomites. He seems to violate the modern-day stipulations of the Geneva Convention in verse 12 when he takes 10,000 of those Edomites to the top of a mountain and throws them off. By the way, remember the army that he dismissed, comprised of mercenary soldiers from the northern kingdom Israel? Well, that army turns on him and plunders some of the cities of Judah, killing 3,000 while he's out fighting Edom. Second Chronicles refers to these Edomites as the children of Seir. That's a reference to the mountain range upon which these Edomites lived. Then Amaziah turns bad. We see that in Second Chronicles chapter 25, verses 14 through 16. Verse 14. Now it was, after Amaziah came from the slaughter of the Edomites, that he brought the gods of the people of Seir, set them up to be his gods, and bowed down before them, and burned incense to them. Therefore the anger of the Lord was aroused against Amaziah, and he sent him a prophet who said to him, Why have you sought the gods of the people, which could not rescue their own people from your hand? So it was, as he talked with him, that the king said to him, Have we made you the king's counselor? Cease! Why should you be killed? Then the prophet ceased and said, I know that God has determined to destroy you because you have done this and have not heeded my advice. Well, what is it about the kings and their gods? Amaziah starts out right, but upon his return from the land of the Edomites, 
he brings back some of their gods and makes them his own. So God sends a prophet, we were not given his name, to try to reason with Amaziah, but he just won't hear it. I particularly like the line the prophet gives Amaziah. He said, why have you adopted the gods of a people who couldn't even protect them in battle against you? Now, that is a pretty good point. The prophet issues his prophecy to Amaziah. He says, I know that God has determined to destroy you because you have done this and have not heeded my advice. Whoa, you got to hate news like that. So Amaziah starts out his reign by serving God, as we specified earlier, but later begins serving the idols of the conquered Edomites. Go figure. Can anything good now come out of a man who makes such a U-turn in his spiritual life? Well, no. Then we find in 2 Kings chapter 14, verses 8-22, through 22, paralleled by 2 Chronicles 25, 17-28, that Amaziah gets into a battle with Israel, the northern kingdom, and loses. 2 Kings 14, 8. Then Amaziah sent messengers to Jehoahash, the son of Jehoahaz, the son of Jehu, king of Israel, saying, Come, let us face one another in battle. And Jehoash, king of Israel, sent to Amaziah, king of Judah, saying, The thistle that was in Lebanon sent to the cedar that was in Lebanon, saying, Give your daughter to my son as wife. And a wild beast that was in Lebanon passed by and trampled the thistle. You have indeed defeated Edom, and your heart has lifted you up. Glory in that, and stay at home, for why should you meddle with trouble so that you fall, you and Judah with you? But Amaziah would not heed, therefore Jehoash, king of Israel, went out, so he and Amaziah, king of Judah, faced one another at Beth Shemes, which belonged to Judah. And Judah was defeated by Israel, and every man fled to his tent. Then Jehoash, king of Israel, captured Amaziah, king of Judah, the son of Jehoash, the son of Ahaziah, at Beth Shemesh, and he went to Jerusalem and broke down the wall of Jerusalem from the gate of Ephraim to the corner gate, four hundred cubits. And he took all the gold and silver, all the articles that were found in the house of the Lord and in the treasuries of the king's house, and hostages, and returned to Samaria. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoash, which he did, his might, and how he fought with Amaziah king of Judah, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel? So Jehoash rested with his fathers and was buried in Samaria with the kings of Israel. Then Jeroboam his son reigned in his place. Amaziah the son of Joash king of Judah lived fifteen years after the death of Jehoash the son of Jehoahaz king of Israel. Now the rest of the acts of Amaziah are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? And they formed a conspiracy against him in Jerusalem and he fled to Lachish. But they sent after him to Lachish and killed him there. Then they brought him on horses, and he was buried at Jerusalem with his fathers in the city of David. And all the people of Judah took Azariah, who was sixteen years old, and made him king instead of his father Amaziah. He built Eloth and restored it to Judah, after the king rested with his fathers. Now let's look at the parallel passage, which is Second Chronicles chapter 25, beginning with verse 17. Now Amaziah, king of Judah, asked advice and sent to Joash, the son of Jehoahaz, the son of Jehu, king of Israel, saying, Come, let us face one another in battle. And Joash, king of Israel, sent to Amaziah, king of Judah, saying, The thistle that was in Lebanon sent to the cedar that was in Lebanon, saying, Give your daughter to my son as wife. And a wild beast that was in Lebanon passed by and trampled the thistle. Indeed, you say that you have defeated the Edomites, and your heart is lifted up to boast. 
Stay at home now. Why should you meddle with trouble that you should fall, you and Judah with you? But Amaziah would not heed, for it came from God that he might give them into the hand of their enemies because they sought the gods of Edom. So Joash, the king of Israel, went out, and he and Amaziah, king of Judah, faced one another at Beth Shemesh, which belongs to Judah. And Judah was defeated by Israel, and every man fled to his tent. Then Joash, the king of Israel, captured Amaziah, king of Judah, the son of Joash, the son of Jehoahaz, at Beth Shemesh, and he brought him to Jerusalem and broke down the wall of Jerusalem from the gate of Ephraim to the corner gate, four hundred cubits. And he took all the gold and silver, all the articles that were found in the house of God with Obed-Edom, the treasurers of the king's house, and hostages, and returned to Samaria. Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah, lived fifteen years after the death of Joash, the son of Jehoahaz, king of Israel. Now the rest of the acts of Amaziah, from first to last indeed, are they not written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel? After the time that Amaziah turned away from following the Lord, they made a conspiracy against him in Jerusalem, and he fled to Lachish. But they sent after him to Lachish and killed him there. Then they brought him on horses and buried him with his fathers in the city of Judah. Well, after a successful campaign against the Edomites, Amaziah is ready to take on Israel. Apparently, he had his eye on the legacy of a united Israel once again, all twelve tribes together as one nation. Joash, also known as Jehoash, king of Israel, well, he doesn't want to go to war with Judah, tries to reason with Amaziah about war between them, but Amaziah, he's determined. Perhaps the analogy that Joash used in his discussions with Amaziah made him just more determined. In the analogy, Joash compares Judah to a thistle and Israel to a full-grown tree. The thistle wants to take the tree as his wife. Well, that analogy with Judah as the male head of the marriage relationship shows that Joash understands Amaziah's intentions to be the head over a restored united kingdom. Only one problem. The analogy concludes with a wild beast inadvertently trampling down the insignificant thistle. Reading between the lines, the analogy cries out, What, are you crazy? Well, despite the warning, Joash meets Amaziah about 15 miles west of Jerusalem in Beth Shemesh and soundly beats him. Then Joash feels that he simply must come to Jerusalem to teach Amaziah a hard lesson. He takes hostages and valuables and even tears down some of the wall around Jerusalem in the process. The gate of Ephraim in verse 13 indicates that a portion of the wall was destroyed on the northern side of the city, making them vulnerable to attack in the future from the north after that. Amaziah's son, Uzziah, repairs this breach and fortifies the walls later on in Second Chronicles chapter 26, verse 9. Well, Amaziah is taken prisoner by Joash, king of Israel. He apparently is released from captivity and continues to rule over Judah, outlives Joash by 15 years. Finally, Amaziah is forced to flee Jerusalem to Lachish, about 30 miles southwest, but he's captured and executed by his own people. Tough end for a guy who started out with such promise. He's counted worthy by his own people to be buried with his ancestors, though. Amaziah's 16-year-old son, Azariah, he's made king of Judah after his father's execution. And finally, we're going to have another Jeroboam, Jeroboam 2, in 2 Kings chapter 14, verses 23 to 29. And by the way, I mentioned this before, but let me say it again. Second Chronicles only follows the kings of Judah. 
Uh, Second Kings follows the kings of Judah and Israel. Verse 23. In the fifteenth year of Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah, Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel, became king in Samaria and reigned forty-one years. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not depart from all the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who had made Israel sin. He restored the territory of Israel from the entrance of Hamath to the Sea of Arabah, according to the word of the Lord God of Israel, which he had spoken through his servant Jonah, the son of Amittai, the prophet who was from Gath-Hefer. For the Lord saw that the affliction of Israel was very bitter, and whether bond or free, there was no helper for Israel. The Lord did not say that he would blot out the name of Israel from under heaven, but he saved them by the hand of Jeroboam, the son of Joash. Now the rest of the acts of Jeroboam and all that he did, his might, how he made war, and how he recaptured for Israel from Damascus and Hamath what had belonged to Judah, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel? So Jeroboam rested with his fathers, the kings of Israel. Then Zechariah, his son, reigned in his place. Well, thought you had your fill of Jeroboam's, huh? Well, hold on, here's another one. He's known as Jeroboam II, king of Israel, for 41 years. Any chance he'll serve the one true God? Nope, no chance. He lives up to his namesake, as a matter of fact. He had some successes against Syria, actually restored a good bit of real estate back under the control of the northern kingdom, and leaves a relatively strong kingdom before his death. But he didn't serve God. A significant point of reference is seen in verse 25, where we see mention of Jonah, the son of Amittai, the prophet. From this, we know that Jonah prophesied during the reign of Jeroboam II. That's 793 to 753 B.C. He prophesied in Israel. And we'll be looking at the book of Jonah in tomorrow's reading. Now, the Expositor's Bible Commentary has some interesting insight on verses 27 to 29. Let me quote to you. Because Israel had fallen into such desperate spiritual conditions, a merciful God had acted on behalf of his people. As he had granted them deliverance from external pressures by sending Adad Narari, the third of Syria, against the Aramaeans, initiating a period of recovery under Jehoash. So now, in a grander way, he culminated that deliverance with full victory over the Aramaeans, one that included Israel's recovery of its former boundaries. Well, despite the evil ways of Jeroboam and the northern kingdom, God had uh, mercy upon them and determined that he would not blot out the name of Israel from under heaven. Like it or not, sometimes God gives successes to bad people for reasons that have nothing to do with the bad people themselves. Then we have a summary of the king number 13 over Israel, Jeroboam II, from 792 to 752 B.C. Good? Nope. Bad? Yes, he was evil. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Faith Bible Church, Paul Walton.